Long exposure portraits with photographer Jake Hicks. If you want to learn about gels and long exposure, Jake Hicks has two fantastic tutorials where he teaches the entire colored gelled workflow and long exposure portraits. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's really cool. You know the, the most remarkable thing about that tutorial? He was, that, use, he was using a $300 camera. I thought the most remarkable thing was it was Jake, who's a remarkable dude. One take Jake. One take Jake. Man, we love that guy. He's the best. He's fun. If you want to learn from probably the most recognizable colored gel portrait photographer in the world, he's on ProEDU.com. His only downfall, he does not know how to eat bacon. He doesn't. He does. He likes that crappy bacon. Ugh, it, bacon. Yeah, it's not English, even bacon. English, Stop, don't call it English bacon. bacon isn't even cooked. Welcome to the ProEDU podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this episode, we're joined with Zoe Noble, who is the queen of sparkles. I love sparkles. And you also commercial photographer. You know, I noticed your jacket, sparkly, and the first things on your website, sparkly. Her nails are sparkly. She's <laughs> nails are sparkly. Look at this. Oh, oh they're like reflective. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, are man. straight up molten silver. Yeah. You molten silvered. Mm -hmm. that, was that painful? Dip. Um, no, just 30 minutes. It's got to be heavy, though, yeah? Uh, yeah, but it's worth it. It's fashion, darling. It's worth it. <laughs> fashion, darling. Fa fa it's oh, fashion, Why darling. don't you ever talk to me that way, Rob? <laughs> because I'm not a sexy British woman, I guess. <laughs> Nor do you have the jacket. I love that. I could be. So where I do could give it to you. Yeah, where do I get a jacket like that? Um, somewhere in Berlin. Berlin. Mm -hmm. Berlin. All right. Is yeah. that, where are you based out of? Berlin is now where I live. And where did you grow up? In um, a place called Newcastle, which oh, yeah. is north of Birmingham. So make, make a great beer. We do. It smells very bad. Oh, all the, all the <laughs> time? If you live in that town, it oh, smells, yeah. you hate it. You it's don't want to. It's like the yeasty mm -hmm. yeah. fermentation. Yeah, it's and not. We have that smell in St. Louis, too. Really? For, yeah, because yeah. we have Anheuser-Busch there. So okay. there's often that so smell. So you know that, the pain. That pasty, Bush. yeasty beer. Bush. Bush is good beer, let's be honest. Budweiser shit. Bud Light shit. Bush, Bud, though, Bud Light is the worst beer. Bush ever. camo cans? You guys do the camo cans over here? <laughs> no. She has no idea what no, you're talking about. No, I don't know what that is. Oh, no, I'm a classy lady. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so you're a commercial well You're a commercial photographer. You do a little bit of everything. It looks like you have beauty on your on your site. You have still life as well. Yeah. So let's let's go back to early Zoe days. Okay. How did you how did you emerge into the industry? Whew, that was uh it was a trickier road. I I started um, in school, I actually studied fashion marketing, and um, I actually always thought I would be somehow in the fashion world. Um, and then I discovered Photoshop, and in my final year, kind of did a branding campaign and, uh, and then realized, okay, this is actually more my thing. And um, after that, I got a job as a web designer um, for kind of e-commerce sites and fashion magazines, and always kind of keeping my foot in that world a little bit. So I was being exposed to all these amazing images and, you know, I, I loved it, but I was behind the computer and I kind of didn't know back then how I could change that. Um, and after six years of living in London and liking my job, but not loving it, I kind of, I was looking for something else, a way to try and experiment more with this photography. Um, so my husband and I in 2011 moved to Berlin and uh, I bought my first camera. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment where you realize you're doing the wrong thing and this is what you should be doing. So 
I, why Berlin? Did yeah, you just, like, you just spend time there? London. Or did yeah. you just go? We went on holiday maybe four or five times. Um, you know, in London, it's expensive. It, it's, you know, it's, it can wear you down. And you go to Berlin, and it's just so different. It still has an energy about it, but it's quieter, and there's more space. And you see all these creative people just doing what they're passionate about. You know, if you want to open a cafe and have a DJ playing in there, do it. You know, and, and it's because it's this kind of... It's still finding its way. There are spaces that are derelict that you can take over. That you know, my favorite kind of spaces. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's got this um, interesting energy about it, and we just thought, you know, if we go there and if we try and see if we can live there, if it doesn't work, we'll go back to London. So it was the best thing we ever did. So um, how easy is it to get the, I guess, a permit to live there, a visa to live there? Like, so is it easy? As a as a UK citizen, I don't need any kind of visas or permits. In the EU, I can travel wherever I want. Obviously, the Brexit... I was going to say, is that going to hold up with Brexit? Well, it looks like it is, which is kind of worrying because, uh, you know, we moved to another country and it was the best thing we ever did. We both changed our careers completely. We met the most amazing friends. And now I feel so sad that our country is maybe about to put a stop to people doing that because you know it, getting visas is expensive and it's just it's going to put a, a stop to a lot of young yeah. people exploring other avenues which is so and sad. plus the, the, the just the mentality of we have to be more of our own island oh, I hate and it. separate like, we're moving in that direction clearly yeah. in the united states it's, it's all about us apparently yeah. and it's just it's a it's, it's really, really sad sh- it's you guys just need to have a brentrance and then <laughs> what's that it's the opposite of brexit <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll put that forward to the cabinet yeah. and see what they say It'll yeah be great. brentrance <laughs> what does your husband do he works for an american um uh project management uh, company base camp Oh yeah, so yeah. We just do basically. Yeah, so. he um, he works in the customer support team, so he works remotely. What um, did he do prior that he changed his he, career? He uh, he worked um, uh, in uh, kind of media monitoring, something he hated, and you know he he just did jobs that he didn't like, but paid the rent. You know, in right. London you have to pay the rent, right. so you've got no chance to think about what you want to do. Is that why you moved to Berlin? You don't actually have to pay rent? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was that easy. But the pressure was off us. You know, I could could work freelance as a web designer for London clients, get, you know, some decent money. That would give me time to build up my skills with, Mm -hmm. you know, photography and lighting. And I I could never have done that in London. You know, you just got to work your 60, 80 hours a week and pay your rent. So... You said that you have to hustle in Berlin. What's mm. the, what's the atmosphere like for creatives like you in terms of finding work and building relationships with the crew and the people that you need? I mean, I, I'm probably in a unique position because I'm an expat there, so yeah. I already have a different experience as a German photographer. You know, they I'm still learning German. That's mm-hmm. you know when we when we came, we knew no one and didn't know the language. So that was a huge thing that I had to overcome. So. You know, it's taken seven years for me to find those makeup artists, those agencies, those assistants. Um, and if I knew German, that would have sped everything up. So I still feel like I'm still finding my way in, in Germany and Berlin in general, just because I'm an expat. Um, and that language barrier will always be a factor for me, you know, right. even though, you know, so many German people they speak English yeah it's prevalent it is but it's more it's more a mindset for me probably that I feel rude contacting people in English and you know 
I've been on oh. a shoot where it's your own barrier. It, pretty yeah. much, pretty much, yeah. You know, and um, if I'm on a shoot and the majority of people are German, and I'm, I can understand German, but speaking it is much harder. So yeah. sometimes you can get in your head, kind of thinking, you know, oh, this this is just embarrassing. I shouldn't. Right. So I'm still working out how how best to do that. You know, but now I kind of know contacts and people there. But it took a while for sure. And what's the creative atmosphere like? Is it just plentiful? Are there people doing amazing things there? I mean, there are. There's there's definitely there's a few different camps in Berlin. It's because it is so kind of cheap. I mean, it's getting more expensive, but it's it's relatively cheap to live there. You have artists and people doing their own thing, but there is definitely. Um, because this is still kind of a building industry, you know, people aren't willing to pay what really some jobs are worth. So you you are, you know, you're kind of you talk to people and they're very used to startup. The startup world is so big that you know people don't expect to pay you a lot for anything. Um, so yes, everyone wants to do these cool, interesting things. But I hear you know I have lots of other creative people who are kind of struggling, and I feel like I've been very lucky. I've built contacts with bigger brands and. Really, you have to find those those companies that they have offices in other countries and they know what right. photography is actually worth and a good photographer, but there are so many startups. See, I would think that those bigger brands would really be looking to places like Berlin because they know it's creative, they know people are hungry, and there's not enough of those international brand yep. clients there. I mm -hmm. think that they would kind of look towards you guys to say, we, we need to be in Berlin. Well, after... The whole Brexit thing, yes, there are now so many London companies who they are thinking if, if you know, if we're going to be shut off the borders here, we have to find another location. And Berlin is it's kind of that logical next step because you are well placed in Europe. It's cheap to start something there. So I see the next five years to be very interesting in Berlin when more big companies are coming and really, you know, it's going to start growing and then it, it's going to be taken more seriously, I think, you know, but it takes a bit of time. Just the name Berlin's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're Berlinese now. Look at you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how did you know how to price yourself when you when you're oh, just gosh. started out? I mean, when when you start out, you know, but when you're learning all of, you know, these things and you have no one, I didn't really have anyone to talk to, you know, I just, I was searching online, I was reading books um, and I like teaching myself new things so I didn't mind that but you are guessing. Sometimes you're, you're, you're hedging your bets um, and you know I would ask uh, friends of friends okay I've got this job it's kind of what you do what it, what are you charging um, but really you know the best advice I kind of found was work out your expenses um, over the year how many times do you want to shoot you know per year and divide that up and then you've got your cost per shoot then you know how much you're gonna, uh, you know how much you need to make on that shoot, so you're actually surviving. So many photographer friends I know they don't do that, so they're charging a couple of hundred euros for a shoot, and you're not going to be here in mm -hmm. two years' time if you do that. So I was, I was really eager to do this professionally at the beginning and really be firm, you know. So that was my guide, that was my base, and then I would just go, okay, license fees, and but whew, it's still confusing. Do you have your own studio? I do, I do, yeah. but I, I, I now have it in my apartment, so we have kind of a big open plan space, mm -hmm. so I, we, I used to have a studio somewhere else, and then that building was bought by an investor, a London investor actually, and uh, so we all had to leave, so we found a space where I can shoot in, um, and it's kind of the best and the worst, because you know, you have everything there, you can shoot whenever you want, 
but your work and home life is so mixed in together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And because my husband works, he works at home. You know, we have an office now, but it's, yeah. You're together all the time. We are. <laughs> you know, luckily we enjoy it and that yeah. we've got a good relationship like that. It's, it's fine. But people are like, how do you not go crazy? You have children? <laughs> no, we don't. Right. No. Um, and we, you know, we don't we don't have any plans to. I'm actually doing a portrait series at the minute, which is about women who choose not to have children. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, because I honestly didn't know how, I don't know how that would fit into my life, really. Yeah. Um, I was curious what it would be like to raise a kid as an expat in Germany, <laughs> how that would, you know, component would work. I mean, I think it would help in some aspects because then you're really forced to get out of your bubble and you have to speak much more to people. You have to take your child to school. You have to, your, your child will learn German faster than you ever did. So it could be your translator. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, this might yeah, be a good idea. You might want to rethink hmm, this thing. Okay, you might want to raise your own translator. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell uh, the old husband. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it could help, but it's not enough of a reason for me. Yeah. <laughs> What's been your biggest shoot to date? Um, I... There's been a couple, I think. The um, I, I shot uh, a, a quite famous actress in Germany called Heike Makatash uh, for L'Oreal Paris. So that was a beauty shoot. Um, and, uh, I mean, that was kind of very scary to do something like that. I didn't know who this person was, and um, but everyone else did. So, <laughs> that, you know, but actually that probably helped. Probably did help you. I have no, you know, concept how famous she is. So I was just me my, and we, we had a great connection. And, you know, her agent said they were the best shots she'd ever had and she was the best on the shoot. So I, I, that was meant more to me, to be honest, than anything. Because, you know, if, if that's what you're getting as feedback, then you know you've done a good mm -hmm. job. Um, and then another kind of bigger shoot was um, shooting um, the Etsy lookbook. I, I used to do this like twice a year. Uh, so I would go over to New York and shoot their kind of biannual lookbook, which was, you know, 300 products and then editorial images over five days. And, you know, that that was an amazing experience because at that point I've never worked in New York. And to do that, it was also scary, but I loved it. You yeah. know, really fun. How does a beauty shoot for L'Oreal, like walk me through the whole day from like the time you start mm -hmm. to the amount of people there? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, a, there's a lot of people there who, you know, I probably had no idea who half of them were, you know, <laughs> so I just, um, you know, I rocked up with my equipment, uh, me and my assistant set everything up. And to be honest, I'm so focused on, you know, how is the lighting? Uh, how do I get this connection with this person that I'm not even paying attention really to anyone else around? They're doing their thing. She's getting makeup and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and then she kind of you know comes in and it's tough because she's German and I'm hoping that we can get this connection and um, but her English is great so that was a huge <laughs> bonus because if she just spoke German that would have been pretty tricky I guess but um, and then we kind of shot for maybe five hours and with different looks and um, and then yeah it, it goes fast in a blur it was over. And then, you know, I crashed the next day, kind of <laughs> not wanting to move. So it was great. How do you find the transition, the, the mental shift between doing the beauty and the stills? Because they're very different. Um, I love lighting. So I've, when I learned photography, I was so, and still am so excited by lighting. So I honestly think if you understand light, you can shoot so many things mm -hmm. because you know, a person, yes, they're different to a product, but it's about the, the surface of them or the, how you angle them or how you compose them. So 
once I'd understood lighting and how to work with it, to be honest, it didn't really matter what my subject was. Um, once you get those basic elements in play, then you can do them both. But obviously, it's different when a person is about the connection mm-hmm. with a still object. It's nothing at all to do with that. Mm-hmm. It's about you know framing it and composing it, and um, and with the person, a lot of you know how are you going to retouch and edit this to give this mood? And with still, it's a lot more cleaning and you know. Um, getting an overall vision for it so they are different and sometimes I find I do find it tricky putting on different hats some days but you know once you kind of you have your mood board and you start setting up your lights you're like in that zone to do that particular thing right. um, and I love both of them kind of equally I'm still always kind of going come on make a decision what do you want to do what do you like doing more um, but both of them kind of they in I get enjoyment from them in different ways, you know. Yeah. So I, I, this year I'm kind of going to see how I progress in both, you know, whether there is one that will kind of tip me into, you know, just go maybe more down this line. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love the retouching just as much sometimes as the photography and definitely working with people and um, beauty so much is the retouching. So you still do all your own retouching? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a control freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I understand that at some point I'm going to have to let go because I love shooting and retouching it. You're sat behind that desk, yeah. you know. And That's the first thing to let go, for yeah. sure. So, you know, in a, in a dream world, I would be able to, you know, get someone who could be in the studio who could actually just retouch for me because I'm not yet comfortable handing them over to someone I don't know and you know I, I've tried it a few times when I shot the products for Etsy sending them out to you know agencies or um where the and but the quality just goes downhill after a few goes I'm like you know I, for me I I really want to give the client the best possible experience and if they have missed something in the retouching and it goes out to print that comes back on me so I'm really very conscious about giving the full you know Zoe Noble treatment from start to finish. <laughs> Zoe Noble. Hello. <laughs> oh, I like that. Like ZNT. <laughs> so New branding. <laughs> what do you struggle with the most? What do you... Um, I think just trying to position myself and work out, you know, what kind of photographer do you really, really want to be? Because I love lighting and I love all these things, it's easy to get caught up and just, you know, you want to shoot, shoot, shoot. But I also want to be... I want to be enjoying it and doing, you know, stuff that I love in five, ten years' time. And I really want to make sure I have my my whole strategy down now because for over the last four years doing commercial work, you know, you end up doing some of this and then you do some of that. And um, it's I love I love do, doing commercial work when you have a great client, but sometimes you, it's not your vision so much. And I really, I kind of want to work out what is my vision, you know. I've been doing this for like five years now and I still feel like I've got a lot of, shooting to do to work out who am I really um so I'm I'm getting there slowly but that is the biggest mind hurdle you know who are you where do you want to go how much are you doing how much of your time do you spend doing marketing and online and posting (laughs) um well traditional marketing calling people up you know emails not not enough because I get so caught up in the process of shooting and editing and you know I love it but um, so I know that's something I have to get better at. I have to, um, I have to contact people more. Um, and when I do and I get a job from it, I'm like, this works. So you, st- you need to start doing this more. I've been, you know, lucky in that when I went to Berlin and I built up this 
con these contacts quite quickly because I think if you're good, you stand out, you know? So I think um, work kind of kept coming, which was great, but that's not, that's not a sustainable approach, I don't feel like. So this year is about getting my printed portfolio sorted, getting, I'm having a new website built. Um, all of those things that really you, sh you should probably do relatively soon into your career, you right. know? Um, and I've just kind of, you know, kind of carried on and, and you know, didn't want to touch them because it's not the bit you want to touch. So when you went to Berlin, you didn't work for any other photographers. You just no. went and built your business. That's even yeah. harder because you're not building any contacts through another yeah. photographer. You're not getting into the industry through somebody else. You're going in cold turkey. I know, I know. I did this very, the, the very difficult way. Um, not that I, I wanted to, and I have, you know, when I first started, I did contact photographers to assist, but I, I feel like Berlin is, um, it's so different to other places. It's, productions are smaller, and, you know, I think maybe the English was a factor. Maybe if I'm contacting someone to, you know, be an assistant, they're kind of like, well, if I've got someone else who can speak German and English, why right. would I choose you? So and they know the territory. Exactly. Right. They know where to go get coffee. It, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I did it the, the tougher way. But also, I learned so much doing it myself. You know, mm. nothing beats you working out how to use this modifier yourself and getting it wrong a million times. And then when you get it right, you're like, okay, being that, you know, is going to stay with me now. Um, and also, you don't have anyone's, anyone else's vision coming into you you don't you don't see how someone else works so you are working out how you work and how you would deal with this and do this and so I feel like that's helped me quite a lot um, do you feel like that's isolated you too I would say definitely yeah I think you know I I have so much to owe to the online world um and it's like a dichotomy sometimes with the online world and you know you see people online you speak to them online you never see them and i've built this little you know photo community online never met so many people um and you know i would love to really kind of get more out there and and see people face to face because i actually love people you know and right. um sometimes it is a little bit isolating and uh you know, I I kind of recognize coming to shows like the pho photography show and and uh, meeting people face to face. Nothing beats that. So, do you speak at shows like this? No, I don't. No, I mean just networking. Networking, definitely. Yeah, you know, just hearing what other people have to say. Like I I love learning stuff. So you know, hearing other photographers and how they do things, and I, I'm you know a proper nerd for that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned earlier you were having a whole new website built. Are you building it? Do you? No, I'm not. Because I haven't worked as a web designer for like five, six years now. And you know, I want someone who's in that world day in, day out to really give me something that they think is going to work for me. Are so. you going to use a service like SmugMug or Squarespace? Um, I'm going to use Squarespace. And yeah, I mean, I flip between a lot of them, you know. I've tried SmugMug and I wanted to get more into blogging. So then I didn't really love the blogging platform. Went back to Squarespace. Um, and to be honest, at this point, I'm still kind of like in two minds where to go. But no doubt Squarespace is pretty easy. Um, so, but I do smug, smug mugs, customer service has been amazing and, yep. you know, up being able to upload all of your images. I use them as a backup, you know, I would mm -hmm. upload all of my images. So I'd have this kind of, you know, extra backup that little things like that. I loved about them, but yeah, still trying to decide where to go with that this year. Sure. Are you a gear nerd? Do you invest a lot in the cameras and lenses? And you know, I mean, sure. I love I love it when I buy, you know, a new light or a camera or lens, but I'm really 
the tools are just a part of my job and you know I only buy stuff when I feel a real real need to buy it I'm not into you know oh this new camera's out I've got to get it if if I need it so I, I just upgraded to the Canon 5DS because I had the Mark III and was shooting and you know those extra pixels sometimes would have really helped with studio work so I was like okay that's that's an upgrade let's do that but you know do I pay attention to kind of stuff like that not really you know I, I mean um, if I need something, then I will start looking into it, but I will research a hell of a lot before I purchase it. <laughs> yeah, it's really important to pay yourself first. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's, that's one thing that photographers, I think, often miss the mark on. They get really caught up in gear. And, I, and I, personally, I was one of those guys. I, it's interesting. As somebody who used to work in my studio um, later wrote an article, or an article was written about him. He said there are two types of photographers, photographers that want to make stuff and photographers that want to own stuff. And I realized, you know, for a while I was in that I want to own stuff category. Yeah. You um, still are. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you but I also had two it. full studios, you know. Yeah. And uh, every day a package <laughs> arrives and Rob's like, I don't, well, I don't know what that is. I black out I'm, a lot. I blacked out. <laughs> I mean, a blackout shopper. It, it happens so easily. We all get caught up in the new stuff and, you know, but I always invest when I do a job. The money goes back into getting something else for the studio for a shoot that may be coming up so I try and do that kind of you know always putting back in whether it's software you know or a new laptop but it's you know I used to buy like shoes and handbags when I was into like fashion <laughs> now I buy lenses and lighting and yeah. <laughs> do you do the prop styling on your uh, still shoots mostly yes yeah yeah I kind of I've always maybe because of the design world I kind of I really like art directing, so um, you know I like kind of going out to the set houses and or whatever the shops and, and trying to find stuff for it. It's kind of it's fun to do that. But now, after so many years in Berlin, I've I've been able to find set designers who can actually, you know, they're going to be a million times better. So um, I'm hoping to do more shoots where they really get a, a real say in what this kind of st you know styling should be like. So. Besides being sparkly and metallic, <laughs> what do you think is your greatest strength as a photographer? What do you bring to a, a shoot that you think is really quality the clients need? So I think because I have done, I've had such a varied background, you know, I've kind of, I've, I've had this interest in fashion and then I've had, you know, I've, I've taught myself everything, you know, um, I have this breadth of knowledge it's not just that I can just push the button on a camera. I can light something. I can retouch something. If I'm on a shoot and some a client kind of says, oh, we didn't bring that thing, we, what are we going to do? I'll say, it's okay. You send it to me tomorrow. I'll shoot it and I'll comp it in. So all these things, all this experience that I've built up over these different you know, medias, um, I'm able to bring into photography. And I think that's what clients kind of really appreciate I'm not just you know I'm not just this push the button on the camera and then I'm done I'm I'm kind of trying to oversee everything and I can problem solve a lot of the stuff is I think about being a photographer is just being a problem solve when you come into a oh, room absolutely. How, how are you going to light this what walls can you reflect off all those things you know you need to be able to um, quickly think of how can I problem solve this and I think that's what, what I'm good at so what does the next 12 months for you look like yeah you're a planner. Uh, I'm. I'm. I am a planner. I am a planner. I'm trying to um, shoot more for my portfolio. So really, I have so many shoots coming up t next week or, or the end of this week and um, the beginning of next. I've got five more beauty shoots coming up. Um, I'm just loading up as many portfolio shoots as I can because I really want to try and work out. You know, what is the direction that you really want to go in? 
and what images represent you best. So I need to create those images and, and get my new portfolio sorted. And once it, once I've done that, then I can be like, okay, start approaching the brands that you really want to work with um, and you know see how that turns out. You think you'll always live in Berlin? You're ever going to come back? Um, I don't think we'll ever come back to the UK. I think... Um, she Brexited. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm offended that they've just done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when when that happened, I mean, maybe there was a part of me that thought we could come back, but after Brexit, I don't like the direction that our country is going in. So, you know, when we moved, it, it opened up our lives so much. You know, we changed both of our careers completely. I'm doing a job that I loved, I love, and it, none of this would have happened if I'd moved. So I'll never, I don't think we'll ever come back to the UK. Um, we may, we've been talking about maybe where else after Berlin. We've probably got, you know, itchy feet. It's like seven years now. And <laughs> I think, you know, Berlin is great for kind of starting something and building something. But I want to be really taken seriously. And to for that to happen, I need the bigger brands and the magazines and the agencies. And we're so is that Paris? I don't know. Paris, um, that's <laughs> not another, another language. language. <laughs> that's <laughs> another language you got to learn. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> I think we both agreed it can't, it can't be another place where we can't speak the language because yeah. it's, you know, as well as me learning all of these kinds of skills for my job, I have this extra thing of learning German, which is something I'm doing. And um, it's, it's, t it's a lot. German is a very Speaking difficult. Speaking another language all day, just mentally exhausting. Definitely, yeah. it is. Um, and it's another factor in what could be, you know, kind of slowing my career is if I can't pick up the phone easily and quickly and talk to someone or build more connections in the German industry, then, you know, what's going to happen? Am I just going to kind of flatline and just remain in the, in the same kind of pool that I've been in for the last five years? So... I think, you know, America could be an option. You know, shame Trump is still here, but... <laughs> he won't be there forever. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> because my husband works for an American company, there is an option that we could go to America. Um, but it would be a hell of a change, you know. Maybe it would be New York, but that... For Berlin to New York, it's that would be tough. That'd be a big one. We, is it base camp in Chicago? It is. Yeah. 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 What Chicago's am I, a hell of a city. Yeah. Should, one of my really good friends uh, was like the third employee, Ryan. No way. Yeah, oh, so that's I, cool. Yeah. I mean, they're so that they are such an amazing company. I'm telling him he can never leave that company because they. <laughs> <laughs> you You're know. stuck, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and and no doubt having a partner who has a full time job gives you some flexibility with your job as a freelancer. You know, and running your own company at the mm -hmm. beginning. I mean that was that was tough. So um, I feel very lucky that I had him in in com you know combination because if you're a photographer starting out, it is tough. It is tough. You do have to really hustle and um, you know it's, it's and you don't know when the work is coming in next. No, you know. no. And we at one point we both were freelancers and that was too stressful. Yeah. You know we had no idea what was coming and going. Yeah, and my <laughs> wife have been through those periods too. That's right. Hard. It is really yeah. hard. So yeah, he's. Ne I'm telling him he's never leaving. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite german food now that you're there oh gosh um is there one please say mm. schnitzel well okay schnitzel is <laughs> yep. pretty amazing yeah. i mean yeah. 
it's a beast. It's a beast of a food. It's right. huge. But um, yeah, schnitzel is pretty good. And um, yeah, I mean, they're not known really for their cuisine. No. You know, it's... It's that, a lot of curry verst and vice verst and yes, all the versts. All the versts, yeah. So, you know, it, yeah, sometimes we do... That's why you drink your German dinner. You don't <laughs> eat it. Yeah. Germans don't eat, they drink. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't drink beer, so I'm kind of stuck. Oh, you're in the bit. wrong yeah, country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, What's your go-to drink? Um, I really like uh, like vodka, something with vodka. Vodka and cranberry, vodka and orange, yeah. I like more spirits or cocktails, whiskey sours. <laughs> Ooh, whiskey yeah. sour. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're speaking our language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Rob and I have been known to run up a big whiskey sour tab. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. That's <laughs> rightly so. It's actually part of our monthly overhead. Yeah. It's, it's, we I have think, a line item for whiskey. <laughs> I think every photographer should have that. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> well, Zoe, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you and follow your work online. We look forward to running into you maybe in Berlin. Yeah, it's really been a, a wonderful do. conversation. We've thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah. Thank you so We're just much. Gonna ju- one random day. It's like, Do oh, it. Just message me when hey, you're over Rob there. Hey, Rob and Gary are here. Can we, and can we crash on your floor? Little tip, not winter. Do not come in winter. Oh, okay. Summer. Are they that brutal in Berlin? Yes. It's colder than here right now. Minus, yeah. It was minus 13 last week. So just summer, Berlin is like another city. kind of used to that. Another city. Yeah, that's not... Yeah? Yeah. And like Chicago winters aren't much far off of that. Yeah. You know? True. So that is you're true. You're probably well prepared for moving to Chicago. True. Oh, no. I, I want sunshine. <laughs> Chicago in the summer is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great it's a great city. I mean, if you ever go there, you'll really you'll lose there, your mind. I've been it's, there once, yeah. but it was like the time when you guys had a, vo- a polar vortex or something. It was, oh yeah, it yeah, was yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you go again, we know I great w- restaurants. We can t- tip you off to some some great places. I think you, you and your husband would really enjoy it. Okay, I'm sold. Right, Thank good. you. Uh, where can people <laughs> go to find your work? So my website, um, zoenoble.com, and um, I'm on Instagram. I'm always doing the stories and retouching stories and so that's zo no photo zo no photo i like that zo no photo <laughs> zo no. simple branding yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep it simple stupid right? <laughs> to download this episode and all of season seven go to rtgedupodcast.com and also subscribe where you can get them for free every wednesday right into your inbox that's a pretty Boom. cool little deal that's a pretty cool little deal yeah that's a little deal <laughs> <laughs> cheers cheers Photographing men with photographer Jeff Rowe Haas is now available at ProEDU.com. You can get Jeff's entire workflow on lighting, posing, and retouching men. And if you're not if you're not photographing men, you're just focusing on women. You're missing like 20% of the population. I, I don't even I can't even do the math. Well, it's hard math. It's hard math. Yeah. Go to ProEDU.com and you can stream it or download it and get all of Jeff Rowe Haas's secrets. Jeff Rowe Haas Haas. Pro EDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. I'll take comfort in that. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop learning.